Hello and welcome to episode 169 of the Naked Tech Podcast. It's a show that gives you everything you need to know about consumer tech, the internet, and all about Zemo's dance moves. I'm your friend, Jeff Kim. My name is Calvin Lee, and did you know that Elon's never heard of cockatoos? Maybe three of them, as in <laughs> cockatoo. Oh, God. No? This is what happens when we take a break for too long. Uh, it was a good break. I don't... Yeah, he enjoyed the, the break. The dad jokes seep in. Mm. Um, I don't understand the context of that comment, Kelvin. Well, explain. Uh, yeah. you, we're going to cover that in today's episode where we're going to talk about a couple of random things. But, um, you know, it's 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 been that kind of couple of weeks. I think, you know, with Apple launching their new hardware slash software slash who knows uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably have more of the usual programming. But, you know, this gives us a chance to cover a couple of things that has, you know, made the news in the last couple of weeks. Mm. Well, if by news, you're, you're talking about monkeys playing uh, 80s computer games with their brains, mm-hmm. then let, let's let's start with that. Oh, how uh, can I say no to that? So the first part of today's episode is going to be Elon flavored. Mm, Got to love that Elon flavor. My favorite mm, kind of flavor. Musk. <laughs> oh, the musky flavored Elon. Um, maybe I can start with a clip. Yeah. All right. See, this is Claire Riley from CNET. As you can see, Pager is amazingly good at mind pop. Elon Musk's Neuralink has just unveiled its latest brain computer interface, showing a nine year old monkey named Pager controlling a game of Pong with its mind, all thanks to a Neuralink chip implanted in each side of its brain. Right. So I think we all know what Pong is. Were you born in the 70s or 80s? Well,. Yes, yes. I think everyone knows what Pong is, right? I think, well, at least our listeners do. I just find it ironic that the monkeys called Pager, which is a piece of tech from the eighties and the nineties. Very Elon, isn't it? Mm. Um, very meta. Um, yeah. So I guess twenty twenty was the demo of Gertrude the pig. I think that was uh, the pig's name, Gertrude. And we heard that, you know, as as the the pig was sniffing around, and there's the photo of that event last year with the masks on uh in 2021 they've gone a step further and the demo is with a nine-year-old monkey called pager as you said and uh yeah there's a couple of things did you watch the whole demo by the way kelvin or no no take us through it take us through it okay so um the whole thing about Neuralink is a, a a brain to machine interface or bmi and um, yeah, like they're, they're experimenting or they're putting electrodes. Uh, I think the technical quote was 20th of a, the width of a human's hair. So there's th- over a thousand electrodes um, connected into an entity's brain, let's say. For now, it's a nine-year-old monkey. And um, I guess uh, with the pig uh, example, it was able to demonstrate um, that every time it sniffed something, like according to its brain waves, it, it knew what it was doing. So the demo was pretty clear. Like every, every time it was, uh, you know, spelling something with its snout, then the, the, the buzzer would go off um, because of the brainwave activity. Um, in a similar vein, this is, yeah, a, a few steps on top of that. So the monkey uh, was incentivized with a, I think, I believe it was a banana milkshake in a straw. So it worked out, um, it had a computer screen 
Um, there was like a joystick, very simple joystick, or it could have been like one of those like roller things, I'm not sure. Um, and the monkey started sort of working out that if uh, it performs certain tasks, so move a, like a ball, like a pixelated ball on the screen to some orange square area with using the joystick, then the straw would be activated and you can, you know, have a bit of a treat. And uh, it didn't take very long for it to work out. And we're talking about, you know, minutes um, for it to be able to, you know, work that out. Now, um, and then the part that I'm not entirely clear is how they train the, uh, the algorithm to pick up on those uh, brain activities. And like, so if the intention of the monkey is to move the thing left, then, you know, certain uh, neurons in the brain would fire up and basically the computer just learns that pattern, right? Um, and then it went a step further. So what you're seeing on screen there is that initial initial game the training the yeah. training so it's a simple you know left um basically is sucking on the straw and whenever it's successful so it hits that orange square then yeah i think you can suck on that straw very cute yeah. very cute um yeah what do you want to say about that it's not the first time i mean we've used animals to sort of mm. look at you know this whole stimuli response thing with pavlov's dogs in the 70s and everything so it's it's a big step um, I don't know how Elon finds the time to do all this yeah. stuff, but um, he's 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 getting close. Yeah, in terms Scarily of the task enough. and the exercise, yeah, nothing new here. Um, but the the only difference is that he's hooked up to this BMI, this Neuralink mm. chip, and it's basically learning over time. Now, um, at some point, they're gonna uh, unplug that joystick, so it's not powered, and somehow um, he'll be doing the same task. It, Without, he, it thinks yeah. that it's using the joystick, but it really isn't. But it's actually using the the pattern recognition from what it's learned in, in a, just a few minutes or the, the modeling of what it's learned and is literally using his brain the, or the intention of his mind, his or her mind. Pager? Hmm. Mm, you want to yeah. say her? Hmm. Yeah, let's go with her. With her uh, mind. And uh, yes, and eventually, like they take the joystick away even like fully and it's just like looking at the screen and playing Pong. That, so those yeah. are the sort of steps for this demo. Did you ever watch Limetown? The Facebook original TV series well, we, on Facebook? I've seen maybe just the trailer for it. You did mention it the last time we talked about uh, Neuralink as well. Yeah. With the pig involved as well. But because um, I think the pig features quite a bit in that show. Is that right? That's right. So yeah. if, you know, hope you never get there. So that, that's all I'm saying. It's the worst <laughs> case scenario with Limetown. But Jessica Beale was good in that. Um, if you haven't checked it out, it's free on Facebook, um, which I thought, you know, I really thought they would take off with Facebook TV and all, but I haven't heard much since Limetown, mm. uh, which was about two years ago, I think. So, nah, um, we'll keep an eye out uh, on Neuralink, uh, yeah. which, you know, look at the monkey go. I mean, if you're watching us on Twitch, you're, if you're not watching us on Twitch, you're missing out a lot because mm. I can just stare at this monkey play Pong all day. Yeah, so I think there's, you know, the reason why Elon chose this monkey, I mean, there's there's a reason, right? It's very, you know, we're, we're imminent with this technology because after monkeys, what's next? That's pretty much us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the technology is not so new, but I think this is a great example of how Elon can, uh, you know, get that media hype, get people talking, 
um, yeah, like publicity wise, this is this kind of brilliant move. I mean, uh, I've been listening to a bunch of uh, publications and they're just like, oh my God, this is the end sort of thing. Like I th- we, we all knew this was coming, right? Like you and I, Kelvin, like this, this is not a surprise necessarily. And mm. like, we've all been heading this way. I want to be, I want to be a bit boring and just wonder about the legislation and, you know, what this actually means. And Mm. and the fact that we can't even get drones up, you know, running is, it does damper my, you know, sort of outlook on these things. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think there will be side use cases for this. Like, I don't think it actually has to be this brain controlling almighty thing that I, you know, you surgically have to implant in your head. Like, Mm. even if we take, you know, one tenth of the opportunity and do other things with it, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a big win in my books. I think the other clever thing about Neuralink's uh, strategy is, um, well, let me just read Elon's uh, tweet from the 9th of April. Uh, which says this first Neuralink product will enable someone with paralysis to use a smartphone with their mind faster than someone using thumbs. So the angle there is uh, accessibility. Mm. So like this, this, the first use case will be for people with disabilities, like complete paralysis. I mean that, that this is going to help them, you know, a thousand percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, being able to communicate, even use limbs, um, but then beyond that, that's where it gets to the mainstream. Mm. Um, so it's going to be a slow rollout. So I feel like the pathway is there already. So the, yes, there, there are regulatory challenges because we're talking about putting electrodes into someone's brain. Mm. Um, but like I think doing it this way, like accessibility first, would make that a little bit easier for them. No, I think I think. It, his his heart is in the right place. Um, well, I don't even think it's because of that, right? It, I think mm. it's more of a strategic play. But I mean, I'm, he's yeah. a nice guy, I guess. Overall, yeah, I see. Yeah. I see where you're getting. He's pulling the heartstrings to try and get this tech across the line. See, and it's a smart right? thing to do. Yeah, it's a smart yeah. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, from Neuralink, we can move on to Elon's next big game changer, Starlink. Um, if you didn't know, Starlink is Elon's satellite internet service, uh, which promises to provide internet to rural places um, all over the world. Um, it's now live in Australia. So it's funny, we you know we just talked about Neuralink and how he's using accessibility as a sort of PR message, I guess, to, to get things across the line. It very much is sort of that same message here. Um, so for $700, you can buy a satellite uh, or dish that gets sent to your house uh, and you can be part of the beta program. Mm -hmm. So how fast is it? Um, We all know that the national broadband network here in Australia is really bad, particularly for people in rural areas. Uh, They typically have to put up with 4G, you know, it's fast, but there's also a lot of latency. it's really fast now. So there was a good example here of a user based in Canberra. He downloaded, he, he had a clock speed of 344 uh, megabits per second. Wow. Uh, your typical, you know, uh, NBN uh, service, you know, is anywhere between 100 and 250 now. So this is way faster than that. And this is wireless. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think we need to take into consideration there's only a handful of people on the network. 
Um, what, what was interesting was uh, in the first 24 hours, he had speeds between 150 to 250, but he also had an outage of 20 minutes because uh, the view of the satellites were obstructed. Uh, so that's something I think, you know, people can think about when it comes to satellite internet that, you know, if it's a cloudy day or for whatever, for whatever reason, um, the view of the dish is covered, you're not going to get any internet. Um, yeah, this, I'm, I'm interested in finding out about like the regulatory part of this. So can, like, how can a company like Starlink just come into the Australian skies mm. like that? Always like. When, when you get to a certain altitude, maybe it's not part of any sovereignty. Yeah. So there is this like satellite internet isn't new. What, what is new is, for example, if you look at a current provider like SkyMuster, um, their satellites are about 36,000 kilometers above the surface of Earth, whereas Starlink is only 550 kilometers. Whoa. So <laughs> okay. that's a huge difference. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, uh, that's why it's so cool, fast. Correct, but there's also a little cool image here of all the low orbit um, satellites. Just if you okay. look up in Australia, and it's insane. Uh, to describe to our, to our podcast listeners, it's like there's a map of Australia, and there's like all these dots all over the place. Like there are satellites everywhere. Um, I don't think that's to scale, though. No, no, I don't think that is to scale. Um, so there are about 1,200 Starlink satellites, um, and because he also owns SpaceX, Elon can continually send more and more satellites up there um and you know that that is the plan now the reason why i made that uh opening uh you know comment about cockatoos is there are some concerns that you know this might not survive the harsh conditions of australia particularly in the outback because we have winds that are crazy we have temperatures that can reach you know 40 50 degrees celsius and you know and then and this lady was just making a joke about how you know when she spoke to starlink uh, they've never even heard of cockatoos. So how does the wild, how does the wildlife, you know, interact with that? Who knows? Like it's also very new. Hence why they're doing a beta first. Right. The other okay, tricky think... thing is, yeah. yeah. The other tricky thing is, um, the only license they have is to provide internet service to low density areas. Mm, yeah. So if you live anywhere near Melbourne or Sydney, there's no way you're getting this because obviously NBN still wants to be the top dog. Um, and yeah, and um, you know we'll 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 watch the story. Uh, at mm -hmm. the moment, it's looking good, uh, good for regional areas. Um, but will it be as stable? And will will the latency be an issue as more and more people jump on the network? We'll see. I mean, it can't be any worse than NBN rollout. So I think uh, I mean for the customers, especially those regional areas. And I think I saw a quote there saying they easily pay up to three hundred dollars a month. That's right on internet, and it's kind of spotty. Um, yeah. Even with that investment, so yeah, for those people, like this is this is amazing, and um, yeah, I mean, we we all know that with with connectivity, um, you're just going to get innovation in general. So yeah, I guess watch this space, and um, competition is good, regardless of what we think of foreigners coming into our uh, skies, invading our orbit. Well, that's literally what's happening. Yeah, mm, pretty much. I mean, what what is next, Kelvin? Um, I know the Loon project is done. That's the mm. that's the Google similar thing uh, with balloons that's yeah. uh, been dropped from Google. 
I also don't think Facebook is going to do that laser plane thing. You know what I mean? Where they're going to beam internet uh, off a plane, you know, that that's mm. the size of a 747 that runs on solar power. I, I think I think Elon's got this one. It's, it's scalable back. too, right? So yeah, they've got the infrastructure to take objects up, up there. Mm. Um, like they don't have to, like they can stay there forever, I think, from the sounds of it. Um, there's there's a bit of, I guess, like light pollution for the astronomers. Um, mm. And I think there's differing opinions on that. Um, I think uh, on download this show just this morning, they, they mentioned a little bit of that. But um, I, I know like Elon has a you know standard answer. It's like a, it's actually not that different uh, once it's um, established. But yeah, like, I mean, I would actually like to see the uh, array of satellites with my naked eye one day that'll be cool because it's that close <laughs> just five, get 550 okay, yeah. yeah you could throw a baseball at it why not yes so okay that's that's a good one um elon is dominating our skies yeah and the show yeah well let's let's go back to uh ai a little bit so i've got a, a random piece of uh not so much news, but something that uh, popped into my inbox or feed, let's just say. But we, we, I don't, I don't check the inbox. Sorry, it, it came across <laughs> the feeds. Um, yes, yeah, so this is about a particular AI. Um, I think it's uh, powered by a Google um, AI engine called Magenta. Um, um, but this is uh, what's called the Lost Tapes of the Twenty Seven Club, and guess why it's called the Twenty Seven Club, Kelvin. I have no idea. So I know you're not so much a music fan, but like for some reason, a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, troubled musicians over the years, like Uh, from the 50s, 60s, 70s, all the way through current current days, all kind of died in tragic circumstances at the age of 27. So Kurt Cobain is one, 27. I think I was uh, just finishing high school. So maybe showing my age there. Um, there was a bit of a shock to myself that year. Um, we've also got Amy Winehouse. There was uh, Jimi Hendrix. Um, mm. Even Jeff Buckley. Um, he's a bit, bit more of an indie guy, but like he also died at the age of 27 in a drowning accident. So for some reason, 27 is a thing. Now, um, I'll, I might I might just uh, maybe play the clip. So yeah, what, what happened was that this uh, organization, it's a non non for profit organization called Over the Bridge. Um, they uh, look after mental health in musicians. So this all kind of like ties into that theme, right? And yeah, they taught this AI, Magenta, um, you know, hours. And I think I read maybe 100 hours of like, say, Nirvana. And, and it, you know, analyzed and this is what it came back with. So it wrote this and performed it. Um, yes, here we go. So you hear that and immediately you, you like, even from that first mm. bar, like it's, oh, that's Nirvana, right? Yeah. It's, it's almost taken the essence of Nirvana, all those albums and just put it, put it together. I was trying to, I was trying to listen to the lyrics. Does it make sense? No. Even that part okay. is like accurate. It's gibberish. Cause it, Kurt just went, ah, yeah. ah, Okay. So it, it hasn't, they haven't fed it like the English language. It's just tone and music. Mm. 
Well, I've got a second okay. example, so I, w- I won't say who it is just yet. It, it is obvious, mm. but like, um, listen out for this one. Well, you know, I got no idea. I got nothing to say. It's all wrong. I mean, that's that's very accurate of Amy. Mm. It's actually not her, though. So this is like an audio deep fake. Yeah, it, it's a it it sounds too polished almost. But like her no albums crackling. are polished as well. So even that essence of the yeah. production value, it's, yeah. it's worked out. Yeah. No, it's it's and and those lyrics make sense. It's not like, like you know. <laughs> she has no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this is creepy. This is this is like. Can it, it can almost take over real music. You know what I mean? Real music writing and production and yeah, eliminate the human in the process. I mean, that's one angle. Yeah, like obviously if, if it's too uh, close to the real thing, it's always going to be that, what, what do you call it? The uncanny valley, mm. even in audio format. Um, like deep fakes are, like apparently um, there was there was a Tom Cruise deep fake going around. I mean, there's always a Tom Cruise deep fake going around. But mm-hmm. like this, the, the latest one was particularly scary. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Have you? No. Okay. I can Maybe. look it up. <laughs> can look it up at a later time, but um, yeah. yeah. So definitely, there's there's some you know nefarious thing that people can use. Um, th- this is just uh, so going back to this organization. Um, and I've got a link to them in the notes. Uh, I might bring it up myself. Yeah, so they they deal with men- mental illness, which is a very um, and and obviously the the music industry has been, you know, decimated um, mm. in the last twelve months, especially um, in in Australia. It's it's starting to come back. I'm actually going to a show tomorrow night, which and for the first time we're we're standing and dancing, woohoo! But yeah, overall, globally and America, I guess, especially like it's it's been a tough tough thing for musicians and people in the music industry. So it's not just the musicians, but like even uh, your, um, even the bar people, bar staff, the, the helpers that make the, the whole production happen. Um, so this organization helps them. So I, I thought it was kind of clever to, to put this out, the lost tapes of the 27 Club. Um, does, it, does it prove a point? I'm not sure. Um, the technology is kind of interesting, like nothing new, but I think, I feel like this is the, almost the best example so far in terms of where, uh, you know, machine learning and neural networks can, can take us. Now, I, I delved even further, Kelvin. So I come across this uh, Google Magenta, like I said. So if you mm-hmm. go all the way to the, oh, is that at the bottom? I'm not sure where it is, but um, I also have a link to, uh, let me bring that up myself. Um, the Synth hey, Super, yeah. The End Synth Super, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to play a couple of clips from this. So it's by Google. And uh, essentially what they've done is... Um, actually, you know what? I've got, I've got the intro clip to tell you what, what they've done with this. Take using Magenta as well. And one of the first projects we worked on was NSynth, which stands for Neural Synthesizer. The NSynth algorithm learns the core aspects of what makes each sound sound like it does, and then combine those characteristics, drawing a new sound that's not just a blending of the two original sounds. Right, so this is the, they started with the algorithm for it, so I think you can kind of guess how 
you, you know, the, the two clips that we heard earlier with Nirvana and Amy Winehouse or in the style of them um, was kind of created with this algorithm. Um, this next part, we'll talk about the, uh, the instrument that they actually created with another team uh, from Google. So it was a collaboration. So the, the software was one guy, uh, one side of the thing um, that created NSynth and the, the instrument is called NSynth Super and this is what they did. It's technically a very complicated algorithm. And so we've needed to go from heavy math and big computers and lots of code to something that musicians could play. Here's a flute. Here's a snare. Guess in the middle, this is what it sounds like. Yeah, so it might not be so um, interesting for non-musicians or like music people, but like I find that fascinating. Like, yeah, it's sort of using software to almost invent new kind of sounds based on two different inputs. Maybe you could even combine three different instruments maybe. Um, but the interface, um, you've got it on the screen there, but the interface is a very simple touch thing. And you yeah. just move your finger around, yeah. I think it's worth describing uh, as mm. well what the device looks like uh, for the podcast listeners. It's a, it's a screen. Um, it looks like any other amp. Uh, but it's got a big screen in the middle. It's got two knobs on each side, top left and top right, and a bunch of other smaller knobs at the bottom. So it allows you, I'm guessing, to adjust the wavelength, adjust the uh, the, the, the audio uh, volume and, and a bunch of things. You know, I'm not a musician, so I'm struggling here, but it, this, you know, it's finally taking music to a new sort of level, right? I mean, this is what it's doing. I mean, music has pretty much stayed the same, you know, it's been very analog until uh, very recently, and now this is the evolution of it. Yeah, and it's happening with you know neural networks and machine learning, um, which is uh, kind of the crazy part of that. And um, yeah, just just to um, add on to the description of the instrument, so um, it has this sort of uh, chromatic uh, gradient um, on the screen, and I guess um, like a what would you call that? Like a spectrum of colors. Hmm. Um, on one side, it would be, you know, you can map it to, say, the flute, um, as per that example in the clip. And on the other side, maybe at the bottom, is the uh, the snare, the drum snare. Um, and if you sort of put put your finger in the middle of those two things and kind of almost like draw a line, then you get that combined sound that you heard, uh, which is like not quite not quite flute, not quite snare, but it's, it's a flare. A slute. Oh yeah, that's better. That's even better. Yeah, so um, yeah, the, I think they've mapped uh, a number of instruments there. Uh, and believe it or not, Kelvin, this this was actually taken from twenty nineteen. So it's, it's not it's not a new yeah. thing. But I, I just thought I just sort of like started clicking through. Okay, oh this uh, this um, organization used Magenta. Oh, let's have a look at Magenta. Oh, they did this Ensign thing. So that that's this is where I ended up with. But um, yeah, just just in terms of like. You know, it is a bit of a slow news month even. And uh, yeah, it's something like this uh, I really enjoy. Um, but this is this is happening and uh, th there's going to be more examples like this coming up. Yeah, and um, what's really cool as well as, you know, as you can see on the Twitch uh, and YouTube video here is it's also open source. So you can build your own uh, Ensign Super and it uses open source libraries like TensorFlow and open frameworks. So if you're a data scientist or a machine learning expert, mm -hmm. you know, you know exactly what those things are. They're very common. Um, everything's available on GitHub. So if you're a musician, give it a go and let us know what you think. 
Yeah, and maybe a good segue because uh, you've you've sent me a link to the new Rode Connect piece of software, which、mm-hmm. replaces the the podcasting hardware thing box. Yeah, <laughs> almost <laughs> with Rode microphones. Imagine using something like this for yeah recording our podcast with you know samples and things like that too. So yeah, no, all all coming together. Can't wait. <laughs> yes,、uh, from that, where do we go? Is that it? Well,、um, I think since we're in the audio space, before、Ooh. we jump on to more NFT news,、um, the the one story that did catch my eye,、uh, you know, during the last couple of weeks was Spotify.、Um, so I'll let the clip play through. It's from Linus Tech News, and then we can chat about how if it's a stupid idea or a good idea. After being leaked a bajillion times, Spotify has finally officially announced the an in-car music player called the Car Thing. That's actually the name. It's a little display that can be controlled with both the built-in dial or by voice using the "Hey Spotify" keyword. Spotify is actually giving car thing away to Spotify Premium subscribers, but you need an invite to get one. And when it actually launches for real, it'll cost eighty bucks. Hey, so send, send me, send me the invite. <laughs> yeah, Spotify, if you're listening, because we are on Spotify as well. Uh, send uh, send send Jeff there、uh, so you can hook it up to his Mazda three and、uh, you know he can、uh, do a quick review. And you know what? The first person I thought about when I saw this story was you, because I was thinking about the use case. So、mm-hmm. I have you know Android Auto or you know、uh, in the car, so I don't have any use for this. I hook up my phone if I play Spotify, I get a touchscreen where I can actually control、um, the music, or you know I can go left and right, up and down. But for people like yourself who drive older vehicles, and it's you, know, you might not spend a lot of time in the car, it's kind of pointless to upgrade your entire audio system just to do this.、Mm-hmm. This is kind of viable, right? But it's a lot more expensive than I thought it would be.、Mm, yeah, I get your point. So if you had one of those, like like a newer car with a big screen, like you're saying, and and CarPlay、mm. or Android、mm. Car or whatever it is, like why would you use this? I guess.、Mm, yeah.、Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I could also. I mean, just as easily, I guess I don't have the big knob that you can play around like a physical knob, <laughs> as in the <laughs> control wheel.、Uh, come on, guys! I know, I know. But,、uh, nipple knob is nuts.、Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, if I can get a free one, yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. As long as we can、uh, still play podcasts, not just music, because that's what I listen to in the car these days. I know, but you can say "Hey Spotify" now, which is a thing,、um, which is new.、Um, I think this is a start of a new wave of devices that will come from Spotify to challenge, you know, Apple and Google and Amazon,、um, because you know a lot of those devices depend on Spotify、mm-hmm. to play music. So I, you know, Spotify probably just said, "Hey, you know what, guys? Why don't we take a bit of this IoT?" Space and see what we can do with it. And I think like this is their soft entry into their own speakers and their、mm. own、um, AI.、Um, surely they partnered with a manufacturer for this, or no? It's not clear at the moment,、mm. but this very much looks like their own OS.、Um, It's very sleek it's... and minimal, and yeah, yes,、yeah. has that Spotify aesthetics. Because you don't have to just take put this in your car. Uh, I think Spotify is a bit weary about going too gung ho with this into the home because you know that will piss off you know the people who pay them, e.g.、Uh, Apple, Google, etc.、Um, 
But yeah. you know, you can put this at home and just control your speakers, right? I mean, there's not there's nothing to stop you from doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, controls your phone, I'm guessing. Um, but you know, it's it's a lot safer, you know, than playing with your phone, I guess. Um, and it's right in your face if you, you don't have your phone hooked up like an Uber driver on the top left or top right of your view. Um, and just a bit too expensive for my liking. But um, if you've tried this or you have one coming, let us know. And uh, we'll love to hear to see, you know, what this is all about. And I can't decide if this is a good idea or not. Just just in the home. So the the, the spot spot hub, the, the spot um, nest, mm. <laughs> I don't know, whatever they're called. Um, I mean, like I always thought, I mean, like, you know, uh, other companies like IKEA are partnering with... Uh, uh, Sonos and this, that sort of thing um, yeah interesting Spotify using their own devices it, it feels a little bit like Facebook you know making their own phones you know what I mean yeah just doesn't yeah. feel quite right ooh, yeah yeah interesting space mm. though I think you know I think they'll have to find a niche play for this and they definitely have so um, I can't wait for it to go out of beta um, and see if people actually buy this. Um, but 80 does seem a bit steep considering you can just do this on your phone. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But who knows? Uh, there are Spotify lovers out there. Let us know if you're one of them. Uh, all right. So let's, let's do a bit of an NFT roundup because, uh, I guess there's, you know, there's a whole new cycle almost daily with NFTs. Um, what, what have you collected over the last month, Kelvin? Um, you know what? It's 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 a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I, what I can tell you is I've had people on LinkedIn, but also you know just family, just ask me what an NFT is. Um, okay. So it's definitely hit the mainstream. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of talk at the moment. Uh, articles I never clipped because I think they're all a little far fetched. About you know, uh, I think pe- there are a lot of people who want to put it down now. I think they're all saying that you know the 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 resources needed to be able to to, to generate the tokens and for blockchain in general isn't great. Blah blah. I think there's a lot of people hating on it at the moment. So it's gone full circle. Right? I think there was a lot of hope, a lot of mm-hmm. money, and then now it's gone to the hate phase of of, of the technology. Um, but you know, just more and more things are you know jumping on the NFT. Uh, you know, there is uh, Godzilla versus Kong. The movie is now an NFT. Um, you know, you've got the company that makes the bobblehead is now generating a whole new lineup of NFT products. Um, Which kind of makes sense because they are collectibles. Yeah, the mm. other strange one is basketball highlights. Um, the clips to basketball highlights. So you know, if you think about the dunk competition that Jordan was in. That iconic, you know, dunk from the free throw line. I think that's going to be NFT and be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yep. So the NFT train hasn't really slowed down. In fact, just, it's just with that up. one, just with that yeah. one. So yeah, the top shot is the yeah one of the original sort of yeah kind of powered the movement, I guess, uh, all the way back in March because that, wow. that's when it started. Uh, maybe late February. Um, yeah. No, that's when I joined Clubhouse. Anyway, NFT was. Uh, or not not too far after that. Um, now the NBL, which is Australia's basketball competition, which is you know like fast becoming the second best competition in the world. Apparently, I don't totally agree with that, but you know we had you know guys like Lamelo Ball, you know ball out in Illawarra now doing things, although injured and in Charlotte, 
probably will be the rookie of the year still. Um, so it's being noticed, but like, yeah, uh, NBL is uh, getting on that hype train. Um, and I think that I, I like the thinking because, uh, you know, we, we like, you know, collecting rookie things, right? Cards or NFTs. So this is like, because in the case of Lamella Ball, he came to Australia before he became our NBA rookie. So this is even before he becomes a rookie. So th- the thinking is, well, if we have a highlight clip of someone like that in Australia before he goes to the NBA, mm. in theory, it's going to be worth even more. Anyway, yeah, it'll I, get bigger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think the bubble will burst fairly soon. I would say before the before the end of June, I'm going to say. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, after that, though, it's going to be the interesting time because that's when the real use cases will arise. Things like smart contracts, as we talked about last time. Mm. Um, the, the boring stuff of NFTs, you know. I, I yeah, think and we'll, by yeah. the way, that's everything blockchain. Mm. Anything yep. blockchain related, you will see this huge spike and then you get things like the crypto winter, everyone loses some money mm-hmm. and then all the interesting things happen because the hype train's over and people can actually afford to to start looking into the investments and you know how to properly use blockchain. And anything blockchain related gets, you know, like it is the definition of a hype train. So is the thinking with that uh, the win- the crypto winter, did you say? Mm. Is is the thinking that after that like that's when we kind of like wake up one day and say, oh, like we're actually using blockchain everywhere now. Is that yeah, I think, you yeah. know, that happened once when all the, um, you know, the, the, the Bitcoins and the Ethereums of the world all, all you know, tanked and their prices were at an all-time low and everyone just left the crypto space and the blockchain space and start working on different things. And then, the, you know, people came back because, the, so basically it left, all the speculators left and it really left with the people who believe in the technology and what it can do and they start working on big things. So mm-hmm. this will happen as well. I think you'll see a lot of people who aren't interested in the technology. They're just mm-hmm. interested in how to make a quick buck. Uh, they'll all throw money at this. It will all blow up. And then the people who get left behind are the people who are interested in technology and want to take it further. So that's, I think that's basically the, the you know, what it, what it, what it's trying to describe. Sure. I think like realistically, I feel like uh, maybe the analogy here is um, uh, cashless um, or what do you call it? Tap and pay. What do you call that technology? Mm. Um, NFC, contactless payments. Well, we're paying with our phones basically, right? So it it did take a pandemic for us to be like pretty much 100% overnight starting to do that and and QR codes even. Um, I think there was definitely a phase in the before times where like, like uh, QR codes, like, why, why would that work? Right. But then next mm. thing we know it, we're all using QR codes. My mom's using it, that sort of stuff. So I think the same thing will happen with NFTs or the blockchain. Like maybe we'll, you know, we'll buy, we'll start buying cars with NFTs, not NFTs, but on the blockchain. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. No, I, you know, and uh, I remember, you know, not too long ago, there was someone in Singapore who paid for a new car using his uh, Bitcoins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll, it'll, it'll happen. It just needs more momentum. And I think NFTs is one piece of the puzzle that will get more people to understand, you know, how it all works. So that is episode 
169. Thanks for tuning in. It's a bit of a random episode. Um, we hope you enjoyed learning about it, uh, about all these things as much as we did. Feel free to check out the other 168 episodes on the NakedTechPodcast.com. You can find us on all the major social networks. Uh, let us know what you think. Have, do you have any show ideas? Uh, let us know. And that's Kelp out. Jeff out. You didn't sing. To, Jack you didn't sing. Kramer. Oh, you I, said I, you were going to sing. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I was just I don't know. rewatching our last I, episode again. I can't beat the AI, man. What can I do? No, you know that. You know that girl that sang in her report. It's like, oh, no, no. Oh. Do you remember that one? <laughs> no.